Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. Uh, I appreciate you. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Thanks for being here. We do have a fantastic show lined up for you. Um, I'm very excited. My friend Kendra Christian is going to be here. We have been uh, friends and organizing buddies in the Assange movement for a long time. We've done many events together. It's always great when she stops by. And there's a lot to talk about in terms of uh, uh, Assange, whistleblowers in general. So uh, very excited to have her here. We will be bringing her in momentarily. First, I do have a couple quick things I want to go through. Um, first, First of all, we talked yesterday uh, kind of in passing about Elon Musk um, uh, banning the use of the phrase from the river to the sea and also the word decolonization, which is mind blowing to me. Mr. Free Speech himself. Thanks, Elon. Um, But uh, Caitlin Johnstone, I know, I know. I cite her work all the time. I adore her. Um, uh, She wrote a quick piece that I just wanted to read really quickly because I thought it was uh, very relevant. She said, Elon Musk has announced that common pro-Palestine phrases like, quote, from the river to the sea uh, and and, uh, quote unquote decolonization have now be- have now banned on Twitter and will result in suspension, falsely claiming that they quote necessarily imply genocide. End quote. That's what Elon Musk said. Uh, this move is likely an attempt to appease key advertisers who have been pulling out of the platform in response to a tweet Musk himself made about Jewish communities pushing hatred toward white people. If actually if he if actually carried out, this would arguably be the single greatest escalation in online censorship of all time because it would be banning normal political speech on completely false grounds. Decolonization is just standard left-wing discourse. And as the Washington Post explained a few days prior to Musk's announcement, quote, the, the quote from the river to the sea is a phrase that has been in use since the 1960s as a call not for genocide, but for freedom and democracy. Palestinians are clearly not free in apartheid Israel. Saying you want them to be free throughout that entire region is very plainly not a call for genocide. Nobody truly believes from the river to the sea is a call for genocide. They just pretend to believe it to advance a political agenda in the same way they pretended to believe Jeremy Corbyn was a closet Nazi for a while to advance a political agenda. Really, they're just lying. Meanwhile, Musk allows the platform to be used by Israeli officials who routinely express explicitly genocidal ideations on the platform and then actually do the thing they're calling for. That's right, kids. Actual genocide is not genocide. The real genocide is saying words that make Amy Schumer feel uncomfortable. Uh, I love Caitlin. And also, as she mentions here, um, (laughs) Israeli officials and their proxies are all over Twitter, um, very implicitly calling for genocide. And it's so much so that I decided to create a whole thread. So if you go to my Twitter page, I'm actually going to pin it after, uh, after the show because somebody asked me to. It is a very, very long thread. (laughs) It's very long. It took me a very long time to make it. Um, If you yourself come across an example um, of somebody, uh, an Israeli official or an American official or any of their proxies calling for genocide or ethnic cleansing, please send it to me. I will add it to the list. It is a very long thread, though. Um, Also, I just wanted to um, bring up a couple quick things that have happened in the last couple of days. First of all, Roger Waters, who is currently on tour. By the way, if you have an opportunity to go see him, please go see him. Holy cow, it's amazing. Um, I was able to go uh, twice last summer. He was allowing uh, Assange activists in the United States to table at all of his events, which was awesome of him. Thank you for doing that, Roger. Um, but he is currently in uh, in uh, Brazil, and... <laughs> 
because he opposes genocide, they've decided not to allow him to have um, hotels in certain locations. Buenos Aires, I think, is one of them. Montevideo is another one. Um, and so he has to fly in for these shows from other locations because uh, the uh, those cities will not allow him a hotel room, which I think is fascinating. Um, and then also just today it was announced that um, actress Susan Sarandon has been dropped by her, uh, her agency, UTA, um, after she made so-called controversial remarks, which really she's always had the same opinion on Palestine. She's been pretty solid on the issue for many, many years. Um, but she said something uh, the, the the quote that they're saying that got her dropped was, uh, quote, there are a lot of people afraid of being Jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country, end quote. Um, and then she also went on to repost none other than Roger Waters. So um, uh, it, it, that's just a couple of the most recent examples. We've also seen Bella Hadid, I think, got dropped from a, a modeling campaign. Uh, she is herself Palestinian, um, so is very obviously pro-Palestine. Uh, and she was dropped from a modeling campaign uh, due to her views. So um, we're starting to see these events uh, uh, kick up and roll in at a rather uh, quick pace. Funny, we don't ever see anybody getting penalized or fired for being pro-Israel. Always very interesting to see the disparity there. Um, so just a couple quick things I wanted to point out. Um, uh, please go follow Caitlin Johnstone though, by the way, uh, as always, I love her. She's fantastic. Uh, brilliant writer. I think she is at Kate Oz over on Twitter. She also has a sub stack and a website, uh, where she posts her various articles and she puts on a newsletter every week. So, um, and don't forget, you can follow me over on Twitter at sarcasm stardust. You can check out the sub stack. Uh, it's mistywinston.substack.com. Uh, there's a write up for the guest of the day every day. So you can find follow and support their work as well. And then if you would like, you can shoot me an email. Uh, it's mistywinston at TNT radio dot live uh, if you have a guest idea or a show idea or whatever it is just hit me up and i will try to get back to you and um for a complete list of shows we have so many amazing presenters on tnt uh if you're looking for a complete list of shows and the schedule that's offered on tnt radio you can visit the website at tntradio.live uh, we serve up the latest live news and current events uh presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction truth from propaganda right here on tnt radio Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Here New York goes again. The New York City Police Department is spending $390 million on a new radio system that will encrypt officers' communications, reversing a near-century-old practice of allowing the public and the press to listen to police dispatches. I wonder what they have to hide. Uh, here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. All right, my friend, what's going on here? Yeah, we're just breaking tradition, I suppose. Um, <laughs> this, well, since the 1930s, the media has been allowed to turn into tune into, excuse me, the static chatter bursting from police radios through these scanners. It serves as overseers in order to report dangerous incidents to the citizens. However, that could all end soon. Uh, the NYPD has a new plan. Uh, they're looking to fully encrypt its police channels, essentially shutting out the press from daily activities and crime responses. I guess the department has already encrypted officers' radios at 10 Northern Brooklyn Police, 10 Northern Brooklyn Police Precincts this year as part of the rollout. Some people are not happy about it. Um, they're looking for, uh, it will be fully encrypted by December of 2024, uh, according to NYPD Chief of Information Technology, Ruben Beltran. Uh, he was speaking at a city council hearing on Monday. He said, quote, bad actors have used our radios against us, end quote. 
Aha. So that's that's the foot in the door. I see. Uh, New Yorkers have fled. He says basically that New Yorkers have fled police officers by listening into NYPD radio channels to anticipate their location. I hope that's kind of misreporting from the source I'm looking at here, because I'm not sure if he meant that all New Yorkers are fleeing from the police. I'm sure he meant criminal ones. Anyways, uh, others, presumably criminals, have broken into the police radio system to disrupt communications with music or their own voice and uh, also, quote unquote, ambulance chase chaser attorneys, tow truck companies, they have been following the airwaves to make money off of medical emergencies. So there's the reasons. We don't want criminals to listen in to escape the cops. We don't want uh, other people disrupting our communication with their their terrible music. Uh, and we certainly don't want anyone benefiting, making money off of it, other than, of course, the, uh, the prison system. Uh, Beltran says, quote, we have to stop giving the bad guys our game plan. I already said that. I apologize. Uh, let's see here. Um, the nor I'm going to switch sources. The New York Daily News obtained crucial video of one officer, Daniel Pantello, killing Eric Garner, thanks to a call that came over the police radio in Staten Island. As tens of thousands of peaceful demonstrators flooded the streets in June of 2020, um, NYPD officers on radio airwaves were using threatening language about the protesters, including saying that officers should run protesters over and shoot them. Responding, one officer was recorded saying, quote, don't put that over the air, end quote. So that's one of the reasons we probably don't want to do this. Uh, a council member, uh, Robert Holden, testified on Monday that encrypting police radios, quote, is a crime in itself, end quote. Another council member, Vicky Palladino, said, quote, there should never be a blackout of the press, end quote, uh, addressing these concerns of transparency. Beltran said, quote, the NYPD is the most transparent police force in the country, end quote. I, I know you're, you're just dying there, aren't you? Uh, the <laughs> NYPD has received 7.2 million 911 calls so far this year that have been dispatched across the department's 42,000 officer radios, according to Beltran. Uh, and the current radio system consists of hundreds of radio antennas and transmission sites in a quote-unquote conventional analog system. But this new digital system would use an Ethernet setup and require a special key to access the channels. And ultimately, all in all, it's going to cost approximately 390 upwards to $400 million to do this. Uh, so... But can we truly put a price tag on, on squashing people's voices and their rights, Misty? These, you know, I mean, come on now. <laughs> priceless. Clearly, clearly it is priceless. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, we can't have, uh, you know, the public having access to uh, transparency and uh, transparent information about their police forces. That's just too much. Um, and listen, this is a troubling trend in New York. <laughs> get out of New York, people, get out of New York. Uh, I used to kind of make fun of people who would say that a, a few years ago, but holy cow, was I wrong. Uh, it has gotten really unbelievably awful. And the, <laughs> I couldn't even, I couldn't even contain my laughter. The most transparent police force in the country. That is so absurd. I don't even have words for it. Uh, very clearly, they are not. 
the most transparent police force in the country. Although, to be fair, I don't think that there really are very many transparent police forces in the country. They very much like to hide uh, as much as humanly possible. We've seen them attempt to uh, get rid of the cameras and all of that stuff. Uh, they they like to operate as much in the dark as they possibly can. And I like that they're trying to sell this as that it's going to benefit the cops uh, in, 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 <laughs> in preventing crime or whatever, solving crime. Uh, I just think that that's absurd. I think that uh, maybe there might be a couple outlier cases where that might be um, something that is uh, uh, relatively possible. As you, as as the article mentions, there's a, the robbery crew that was kind of monitoring the police radios to kind of judge uh, if they were coming or if they were close or whatever. And so I can see that being uh, uh, maybe feasible. However, <laughs> how many crimes are going to be committed now by cops uh, who are no longer going to be monitored publicly? And I think that that's really what the problem is. Um, but this is... Uh, Again, this is a very troubling trend in New York City. We should also point out, too, that today, New York Governor uh, Kathy Hochul announced that they, the, the state has already started conducting social uh, special media, quote unquote, surveillance efforts to monitor for, quote unquote, hate speech. So while she's giving the cops more uh, privacy, she's taking away yours, <laughs> which makes total sense. Right, Adam? I mean, that's uh, I th I'm sure that's what every New Yorker wants. What do you think? It makes absolutely perfect sense if your goal <laughs> is to create a top-down surveillance totalitarian, uh, you know, communist dictatorship uh, and uh, just, you know, press that boot down eternally on the face, as it were. Uh, I forget the quote exactly, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, this does any you this doesn't look good those two things combined does not look good and uh i'll reiterate what you said get out escape it's time to escape from new york yeah. let's let's get snake pliskin on this all right do it <laughs> <laughs> yes i uh i definitely think if you are in new york and you have the capabilities of getting out you should definitely look into that because it is getting very bad very quick that's what i think is so obviously this these things individually are troubling by themselves but the it's the speed at which it seems that this is happening in new york is really terrifying and i think that really i don't know that any uh city uh, uh took advantage of covid more than new york um, they really kind of grabbed on to that fear mongering and that, uh, that sort of authoritarian, um, I think a lot of people were desperate for that sort of authoritarianism because of the fear, which is what they use fear for. And I think that they were able to, uh, really use that in a way to manipulate, uh, public discourse and the narrative on, on many things. And I think that that's really what this is a fallout from. And I think that if it hadn't been for COVID, this probably wouldn't be taking place as quickly as it is. I think it would still be taking place, but I don't think they'd be able to be as effective moving forward with it so fast. Uh, but yeah, when you sent me this story and I had earlier seen where, uh, uh, they were talking about uh, that she is that they're, they're doing the special media surveillance efforts um, to monitor for hate speech. What's what I still want somebody to define hate speech for me, please. Can somebody tell me what hate speech is? Who gets to decide what is hate speech? Again, I would very much like to know the answer to that question since everybody seems to want to censor uh, so-called hate speech. But yeah, this is bad. I think that uh, giving the cops uh kind of a shield to hide behind uh hide behind um no pun intended i guess they actually have shields but uh i think that it is uh, a very bad idea and then also uh, combined with that 
coupled with that, the idea that they're going to be surveilling uh, the citizens even more, I think is the exact opposite direction <laughs> that we should be heading in. So definitely troubling. If you are in New York, be mindful of that. Be aware. Get out if you can. Uh, it sucks. I, uh, I think New York used to be a great city. It is definitely taken a very uh, drastic downward turn over the past couple of years. So thanks for bringing us the story, Adam. We will definitely keep an eye on this and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Hang tight. We're going to be right back with our guests right after this here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I'm a native New Yorker. I've lived here most of my life. I love the energy. I love all the cultural opportunities. I love just the street scene, but not anymore. New York, to use Donald Trump's famous phrase, is now a shithole. Warren Wilhelm, Bill de Blasio, and Eric Adams destroying the legacy in, in just a few short years of Rudy Giuliani and Bloomberg. We had low crime, we had booming tourism, we had booming business. Even with the 9-11 terrorist attacks, business in New York, it rebounded, it was booming. We've got beautiful, gleaming new apartment buildings. It breaks my heart to see what has been done to my native state, whose motto, Excelsior, means ever upward. But these last 20 years, unfortunately, they've been ever downward, again, not by accident, all by design. And what's the root of the problem? The root of the problem is our crooked elections. The Timothy Shea Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, Everywhere I could see was mud, just absolutely mud. The country has been long for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world, for any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution, one rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, I'm very excited. Our guest today is my friend Kendra Christian. Kendra is an incredible activist and organizer. She founded the group Denver Action to Free Assange, uh, which is obviously in Denver, as I just said. Uh, it, that's a, fr- uh, a nonpartisan grassroots group uh, working for free press and to free Assange in Colorado. They've done so much incredible work, uh, various different events uh, over the years. Unfortunately, they've been we've all had to be doing this for far too long. Uh, so you can follow the group over on Twitter at DNV. Free JA, and you can also find them on Facebook at Denver Free Assange. Kendra, thanks for being here, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. It's so good to see you. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while actually. We've uh, life has been busy for everybody, I think. So it's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up. So what's going on in Denver? So, um, you know, quite a few different things. Obviously, we are preparing for you know day X. Um, which we have no idea when that's going to be. So everybody's a little bit just freaked out and concerned about that, you know, especially. Yeah. Let's with... pause for, can we pause for a moment? Can explain what day X, X is for those uh, who don't know? 
Oh, okay, sorry. So day X, uh, um, if you go to Don't Extradite Assange online, it was uh, it's basically all of the groups all around the world are preparing for day X, which is the day that um, uh, of the court case, which we don't know when that's going to be, but it'll be the final ruling when um, we find out whether Assange is going to be extradited or not. And everybody is pretty freaked out about that just because with the way things are, there's really no guarantee that he's going to be able to have a chance to um, apply for appeal with the um, Court of uh, Human Rights, the European Court of Human Rights. So uh, so day X is the day that we're all going to be out in the streets when that court case happens and just make sure that we're you know out there making noise for him when that happens. Hopefully, it's a celebration. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. I would love for that to be a celebration. So yeah. And as, as I've mentioned many times on this show before, uh, one of the biggest issues in the Assange case for those of us who are activists is that there's, there's never any like actual deadlines. There's never any, Hey, this decision is going to be announced on this day. There's never, Hey, you have a week until this thing happens or whatever. It's always very much, uh, they try to put things off for as long as they can. There's always attempts to delay things for as long as humanly possible. Um, and then it, decisions could come literally any minute. So as we're speaking, well, probably not as we're speaking, cause it's very late in the UK right now. Uh, mm -hmm. but it could happen really at any moment and they could just announce, uh, the request for appeal has been denied. Julian Assange is being extradited uh, within the hour. And that's it. And so the Day X campaign is just kind of a way to, and anybody can sign up for it if you would like to be notified when that happens um, so that you you yourself can get active. You can get in the streets or if you want to just make phone calls, however you can get involved. Anybody can sign up. You can go to don'textraditeassange.com uh, that you can either do a phone number, email, or both. Um, and they will just send you an alert. Hey, this is happening. It's go time. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great idea because because unfortunately, it's really difficult. To, it's hard to prepare or organize anything because we never know when stuff is coming. It's awful. It's awful. And I know that you've struggled with this too, you know, especially when we first started, you know, nobody, I didn't want to plan anything too far in advance <laughs> because I didn't no. want to like, I know it sounds dumb, but you know, jinx it or whatever. I'm like, no, he'll be free by then for sure. You know, that's, that's too far. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just an emotional roller coaster and especially mm -hmm. with everything that's going on right now it's just so just so heartbreaking because you know i really think you know assange was trying to prevent this kind of thing yeah. right so yeah um, and i'm sorry sure. i'm thinking about what's going on in palestine which i'm sure everybody put together but it's just um yeah it's just so heartbreaking so so we're working on that. We also, um, we're excited. We're hoping to uh, get in touch with the Palestine. There are a few different groups here that are part of the um, protests here. And so we're hoping to, um, hopefully, I have one guy in my group that's met with a couple people. So hopefully we can get that uh, relationship built a little bit further and look to do some type of a joint rally or something. Because I think, you know, already with feelers, a lot of everybody already knows about Julian Assange and wants him to be free. And I just want to make sure that he's not forgotten in this whole mess because he was yeah. like the one, like honestly, the one person who did more in our lifetimes to prevent it from happening than anybody else. So he cannot yeah. be forgotten, you know? So we're really trying to keep him um, part of the conversation. And I think too, that he is staying a part of the conversation. Like I see that on Twitter, you know, he's trending. And so, so that's super, super positive because, um, you know, just who knows how how dark it will get if that happens. 
It's right. It's, it's that's, I don't know if I can handle that at this point with everything else that's going on. Uh, dealing with the fact that Julian Assange could potentially be extradited at any minute is almost too much to even bear. It's almost, it's too much to even wrap my head around that much awful thing, like uh, awfulness at one time. Uh, but yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. I think, um, and we've been saying this forever. I mean, uh, just based on our knowledge of him and of the situation, there is nobody on planet earth, in my opinion, who has done more to expose the U.S. empire, the war machine, all of that, than Julian Assange, period. There's just not. And it, frankly, it's not even close. Like, it's not mm -hmm. even close. Um, and so, and, I, uh, it, and I'm sure you've been having these thoughts too recently, or, or always, because I always, I have them consistently. Every time something awful happens, I think, man, what would we know? Like when COVID was going on, if Julian Assange were free, what might we know? You know what I mean? And I, I kind of, I'm having those same uh, thoughts now with the Palestine situation. If Julian Assange, I mean, we've already seen that it's been floating around since the Palestine situation kicked off, uh, that Assange exposed that the United States uh, att attempted to help cover up Israeli war crimes to prevent them from being investigated by the ICC. Um, and so I, I, I often wonder if he were free, what what might we know and might this have been prevented and that's a really devastating thought you know what i mean that this could have been prevented it really is and i most definitely have thought about that and i mean even for me obviously i can't prove it but um just having started this group you know god almost it's like four and a half years now it's just incredible but um you know i don't think they could have done it with wikileaks if WikiLeaks was active, I don't think COVID would have happened. I don't think they could pull this off because the thing was, is Assange had created something that was big enough. It's not yeah. that we haven't always had, you know, great independent media because we had, but WikiLeaks had that, you know, smoking gun they provided and, you know, not in the, eventually the like truth somewhat comes out, right? But just never in time for anybody to do anything about it. So it's always the damage is done. And that's yes. what we're seeing right now. It's just they're yes. just doing damage and don't care. Just it's it's awful. So yeah, I'm on the same page with you there. And um, you know, I just I even now reading those cables, I'm learning more than a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing. You know, I just yeah. recently uh, reviewed those again. You know, I'd read some of that before that they've been uh, posting since the whole. Um, you know, massacre started to happen. Um, and it, it's just amazing how much information is there for everybody that's still valuable, that we could still yes. use for that future <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah, 100%. And I say that all the time, Kendra, we are going to be learning things from what, and listen, WikiLeaks hasn't really released anything uh, for a while. Obviously, they've been slightly preoccupied with attempting to save Julian Assange's life. So I don't fault them for that at all. In fact, it's entirely not their fault. Um, and I wish that they were uh, more active and I wish that they had that capability. Um, but just from what they have already released over the course of their uh, life, of their history, we are going to be learning things from that information for decades. In 25 years, something is going to happen or a story is going to break or something's going to, you know, something's going to come up and we're going to be able to go back to WikiLeaks and be like, oh, yeah, well, here's where this person met with this person and here's the cable that they sent to that guy and here's where this was talked about and this plan was made. And we're going to be able to use that information for decades to come. And I just don't re I don't think people realize just how valuable all of that is. So let's take a quick break. We got to get some headlines. Hang tight. We'll be back on TNT Radio. Here we go again. All right, let's go. Here we go. For TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill.
The Iranian-backed terrorist group Hezbollah reportedly caused heavy damage to an Israeli military base on Monday after it launched a rocket and drone attack at the army base. An eruption of Papua New Guinea's tallest volcano that raised regional tsunami fears subsided Tuesday, but thick ash still billowed into the sky and coated roofs and palm trees nearby. A former conservative MP and a property developer have been cleared of cooking up a plan to disguise 39,000 pounds worth of donations to a political election fund. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I really love that uh, tagline. I listen, therefore I know. That's brilliant. Um, And also don't forget the TNT Radio shop is live. Uh, Holidays are coming fast, too fast. Holy cow, I'm so not prepared. Uh, get prepared. Go to tnt.live uh, uh, to the shop uh, and get you some stuff. Get you some swag, some merch, whatever you call it. Um, I don't know what the cool kids call it these days, uh, Days, but go get you some holiday shopping done. I'm going to, so uh, you should too. Uh, all right, we're here with Kendra Christian. We're talking about the Julian Assange situation. Kendra and I have been organizing together. Unfortunately, I mean, I love Kendra, don't get me wrong. I just wish we didn't have to do this uh for so long because it shouldn't we shouldn't have to do this um but we were just talking about uh the information that uh, wikileaks has already released and how we're going to be learning from that for decades to come and i genuinely do not think that people recognize the service (laughs) provided to us as uh the as humanity uh from wikileaks because it really is and i always like to impress this upon people what wikileaks does is not opinion it's not conjecture it's not like a bunch of talking heads on a sunday morning news show screaming at each other it's not an opinion article written by you know the editorial board it's 100 verifiable authenticated source documentation it's just the facts it's just black and white here's the information you do with it what you will and i think that that is um it really revolutionized it made and I, I'm almost uh, reticent to use the term science because it's been very bastardized. But when I say that WikiLeaks made journalism a science, I mean actual science, not Fauci science. I mean like actual science um, as much as it could be. And I think that that is just, I mean, it's amazing, right? And I just think so many people have uh, either taken it for granted or just don't know. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, I think WikiLeaks, it's like the printing press of our time. Yeah. You know? And it's the um, it's just so funny to me how they talk about, um, you know, the the accusation that Assange is in a journalist, which I honestly don't even think they're (laughs) able to make stick anymore because it's like it's like, yeah, he's he's like the best journalist and even better and cutting edge. And on top of that, had enough respect for all of us to give us the information. Yeah. You know, yes, I mean, yeah. that's to me huge. I don't even for I, I mean, I'm not even looking at stuff unless there's a source document. And a right. lot of that I think came from WikiLeaks kind of started that of like, what did they, to your point? Yeah, that scientific journalism. I think he was talking about that, that that's what we should expect and demand. And of course we should, because what have we seen? We've seen, we see people, like you said, the talking heads, what are they arguing about? Government propaganda. Mm-hmm. What's the point? You know, yeah. there's no, there's really no side there when you're not talking about the facts, you're, you have a prejudice. And I think yep. we can see what that's done to people and how much that's divided everybody. But I know, um, and one thing too, I would say as we're just to go back to this, so I don't forget as we are approaching day X, like now really is the time to call and you can never call your rep too much. 
Okay. And just, we need to stop saying things like, oh, well, that's not going to do any good. Well, for sure. We know it won't if we don't do it, but it's, we're talking about like a minute out of your day to just call and say the Assange. And so what that does, especially for, you know, states where they have these active groups, like in Denver, Boston, you know, we have them all over the country that we're already doing work with those reps. So that just helps us. You know, we're giving them all the docs. I mean, we're giving them the evidence files that Paula put together. Thank you very much. Um, You know, that we're getting all that. So, so any help, it doesn't not go anywhere. And the bottom line is we have to try. We've got to freaking try. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I say that all the time. We have two options. We can lay down and die or we can fight back. And I'm not really a lay down and die kind of person personally. I mean, I'm just not, I don't have that in me. And I just, it, and I, I've often said that I I don't think phone calls are going to be the game changer. But like you mm-hmm. said, it takes a minute. Almost certainly you're going to get the answering service. You're not even going to speak to a real human being. Every once in a while, I will get an intern or whatever. Uh, but generally speaking, you get the answering machine. I'm aging myself, whatever they call it, the voicemail. Um, right. uh, and so you just leave a message and it's, it's, it's so fast. You just say, hi, my name is Misty Winston. I'm a, if I'm a constituent of yours. I'm calling to express my concerns about the potential extradition of journalist Julian Assange. Um, I want you to fight to secure press freedom. I mean, it's very simple. If we can, if you want a script, we have scripts, we will send you a script. If you want it to make it super easy, we will send you the script. Um, and we have a very unique opportunity right now because um, uh, some months ago, Rashida Tlaib had a letter that she uh, was passing around to have people sign. And then just recently, uh, I talked about it on this show, uh, Thomas Massey headed up a new letter, which 16 members of Congress have now signed on to. Um, so that's a unique opportunity where you can call and say, listen, hey, there's 16 people who have already signed on to this. Why haven't you? And that's, I mean, it's that's an easy in. That's an easy conversation starter uh, uh, to encourage people to support Julian Assange. To me, this is Kendra, it makes me angry because for me, and I realize maybe I'm biased because this is kind of my focus, but for me, this is the front line of everything, of all of the things, Kendra. It doesn't matter what you're fighting for. It doesn't matter if you're fighting to end war. It doesn't matter if you're fighting for education. It doesn't matter if you're fighting for the environment. It does not matter. You cannot fight if you cannot speak. And that's what this case represents. And it's so frustrating to me that more people don't understand that. Well, exactly. And not to mention that it's like, it's not so great now for free press and they want to make it even worse. Yeah. I mean, it's unimaginable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is a great point. Yes. Terrible. Yeah. It is just really frustrating. I just think that they've done such a good job of, um, confusing people, muddying the waters. They've done a fantastic job of convincing people that this is about Julian Assange as a person and not right. the principle of free speech and press freedom. Uh, and I think that that's so, uh, so often when I, when I talk to people who don't care or they're apathetic, it's because, oh, well, isn't he, um, uh, my favorite is a traitor. I had somebody on Twitter today, uh, throw the traitor thing at me. Y'all he's not American. He cannot be a traitor. It is not possible. He has no allegiance to this country whatsoever. He's never lived here. WikiLeaks has never been an American publication. It That term does not apply, cannot apply. Uh, but they've just done such a good job of smearing him uh, that I think it's created. They've created like a comic book villain out of him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that that has really made people apathetic. And I think that that has turned people away from recognizing uh, how I don't think people recognize 
the bigger picture and how it actually impacts them. Because I think most people don't care unless it impacts them. And they've done a very good job of confusing the issue, I think. Well, I agree. And I think also, too, that most people aren't able to break out of the propaganda entirely unless it's something that they're specialized in. I think we yeah. see that a lot with a lot of these medical freedom people who've just spent the past four years being censored and losing their jobs and doing right. all of that stuff now promoting the current propaganda narrative. So that's just, um, you know, they have everybody very atomized. They have everybody in incredibly specialized wage slave type jobs with very little time to themselves. So the worst person is somebody who honest, the hardest person to convince is someone who's like, trying to be a good person and watch the nightly news and make sure that yeah. they, you know, keep up on things. And that's, and the, those people are just completely uninformed. So it, it's difficult. I mean, a whole different reality is being pushed out there. That's not in yes. existence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's not even about people talk about manufacturing consent. They're manufacturing reality for you. That is what's happening. And thank you for bringing up the, the COVID uh, stuff too, because that is so frustrating to me that uh, so many people who uh, were right about COVID, who got that who and who suffered for it, who were censored, who were demonetized, who were deplatformed, all of that stuff. Where are you? Hello? Is anybody, uh, is anybody there? Why are you not speaking out about Julian Assange? And I contacted so many people, Dr. Malone, all of those people. Hey, I realize you're getting censored really heavily right now. You should really be speaking out for Julian Assange. Crickets, absolute crickets. Uh, and that is so mind blowing to me that they are unable to make that uh, connection, that the reason you are being silenced is the exact same reason why they're going after Julian Assange. It's it's about narrative management and control. And it's so frustrating when those people uh, who have been victims of the same sort of thing are unable to see that and, are re and refuse to speak out. Elon Musk is another great example. Mr. Free Speech, where are you on Julian Assange, sir? I'm just curious. I've been asking you for years, for years. And the best he did uh, was put up a stupid a tweet, a survey, a little whatever, where he, and, and he equated Assange and Snowden. Those are two separate questions. They need to be addressed in separate conversations. And then he even said, I'm not expressing an opinion here. I don't know enough. Uh, to have an opinion, but what do you guys think? And he put out that thing and then has never mentioned it again. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've had time to educate yourself. And I, frankly, I'm pretty sure you were already educated about it. And I'm sure that your numerous, incredibly lucrative contracts with the military industrial complex, the Department of Defense, the CIA, governments around the world, I'm sure that has nothing to do with your silence, right, Elon? Mr. Free Speech? Sorry, I get really riled up about that one because he annoys me to no end. Okay, we have to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be right back here on TNT Radio. The Climate Agenda is a national security risk. Where do you hear this? From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to instant state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. 
Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped or cooked incorrectly, and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're here with my friend Kendra Christian. We're talking about Julian Assange. So I also wanted to ask you, too, obviously, uh, last week, the case against the CIA and Mike Pompeo kicked off. Um, Super interesting. There's never been a case like this before. Um, uh, Essentially, what the, uh, the CIA and their lawyers are arguing is that American citizens are not um, uh, they are not expected to be granted Fourth Amendment protections if they are not in the United States. Uh, for those of you who don't know, basically, it's uh, uh, the UC Global, which is a Spanish security firm, was uh, uh, turned uh, initially hired by Ecuador to protect uh, uh, the embassy in London. Um, it was very quickly co-opted and essentially turned into a spying organization while Julian Assange was staying there. Um, and literally everybody who visited him in the Ecuadorian embassy was also spied upon. And that, we should mention, includes co- that conversations that Julian Assange had with his legal team and his doctors, both of which should be privileged conversations. And obviously, uh, spying on his conversations with his legal team when he's going into court against you is a massive violation of his rights. Um, but because they're, everybody who visited him was also a victim of that surveillance, uh, there are four people, American citizens, who are suing the CIA and Mike Pompeo for those efforts. What do you think about that case? I feel like uh, it's obviously a precedent-setting case. We've never seen a case like this before. What do you think? Do you think it's going to have much impact on Assange's situation? Um, you know, I think it could. It certainly wouldn't yeah. hurt. It would be, it would be, I would think, good groundwork to have laid here if he is extradited. Um, yeah. for even a and and that's one thing too, is that everybody should know that if he is extradited, his like only hope is probably a plea deal. So yeah. I mean, that's like people he'll he'll be under special administrative measures people have um Kiriako is somebody who's great to look at for that but I mean he's given you know he was on a show once and this just really stuck with me you know prisoners under that uh special administrative measures have been known to break glass and eat it so that they can go to the nurse I mean can you imagine being in that kind of condition I mean it's just stuff that no human being should ever have to be in so anyway I'm I'm hopeful for it you never know we do still seem to get decent judges once in a while you know I mean even with that DNC case remember I don't even know how the Assange case could keep going forward after what um you know the dnc already had said that they were working as journalists they were they had the protection under so that's already precedent so how you know it doesn't make sense to me so anyway i i don't know i've seen some things on there getting tweeted out um so it could really go in any direction but i don't think it could hurt and you know to my understanding even with some of the journalists that were spied on you know they had sensitive information on their phones yeah like from whistleblowers and things like that so it was really yeah. i mean it's not okay and i remembered seeing one quote where the judge had asked about like whether prisoners have rights and um and uh, uh you know the plaintiffs had said 
yeah, he wasn't a prisoner. These no. guys weren't going to a prison, so it doesn't apply. You know? No, so it's just yeah, it's I crazy. Mean, it is crazy, yeah. and the idea that um, you know the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply it doesn't apply if you're not in the United States. Well, that's a terrifying prospect. Uh, that if you're an American citizen, the your government can spy on you if you leave the country. I mean, that's new. <laughs> that's news to me. I didn't I didn't know that there was an asterisk in the Constitution that was like, just kidding, if you're in another country. I mean, that's terrifying. And I just I think you're right, though. I do think that regardless of how it goes, and I genuinely hope it goes well, because this is, again, precedent setting. And I think that uh, it's an incredibly dangerous uh, uh, precedent to set if it goes in the wrong direction. Uh, but I do mm -hmm. think just have and also just having somebody the idea that somebody is thank you to these four uh, complainants for having the ball to sue the CIA and Mike Pompeo. That is amazing. I am so grateful to them. I'm sure that that is not easy. I'm sure that they uh, are facing an immense amount of pressure uh, not to do this. Um, so kudos to them for doing it. But yeah, I think that, uh, and also it, I think it just brings um, another aspect of the case to uh, public consciousness, although it's not getting a ton of coverage, which is interesting to me because it is a massive precedenting setting case. Um, but of mm -hmm. course, just the usual suspects are covering it. But and yes, you're right. The idea that this case has been able to continue for so long. Y'all, I was just on a critical hour earlier this afternoon and um, we were talking about the CIA case. And I was saying, if I were to list off all of the ways that Julian Assange's rights have been violated over the course of the past 13, 14 years, you would think I was crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And But that's it's real life. Like the ways that he, uh, that they have been able to get away with just, I mean, absolutely bulldozing through his rights as a human being is fascinating to me that they have in, in broad daylight, like they're not even hiding it. They just do it out in the open and it doesn't seem like anybody cares. Right. And if they do it to him, they can do it to all of us. And yes. that's always a good point. He was really adamant about it. He's like, they're coming after me to get to you. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. And it's not, you know, it's not like he was trying to be humble. He was just telling the truth. Like, that's just the way, that's just the way that it is. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And he's absolutely right. This really has very little to do with him. There, you I mean, listen, I don't don't get it twisted. Julian Assange is, as Kendra said earlier, I, in my opinion, the greatest journalist who ever lived. Certainly the greatest journalist of our time. There's just no question about it. Uh, the man has exposed more stories, more corruption, more criminality than all other journalists combined. It's just not even close. And as we mentioned earlier, there will continue to be things that we learn from WikiLeaks releases for decades to come. Um, so it, obvious, and obviously as a human being, his life is worth saving. It's worth fighting for. What's happening to him is wrong just on a human level, but it's so much bigger than that, right? It's so much bigger than that, Kendra. And that's what um, I think that we, uh, maybe we dropped the ball on messaging. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe they were just so effective um, with their own narrative management that we, it was just too difficult for us to get through. But I just don't think people recognize um, uh, what this means for, and I know this is going to sound really dramatic, but for humanity, Kendra, legitimately. No, right? I know. I mean, that's what's at stake here. It's not, you know, we're not exaggerating. I mean, that's no. what's going on. People should be able to see that now. We are losing one of the like most ancient nations in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're losing them. Like, I mean, for, for anybody who's a Christian, I mean, we're talking about the original Christians. 
So yeah. like people are, you know, I mean, what the hell? Like, and I really think that the Assange case marked that that move into, you know, really redefining the norms, you know, really yeah. redefining what's acceptable and saying, oh no, we are free press, but then just act behaving the exact opposite way. You know, I mean, even the uh, the expulsion from the embassy, that's basically illegal. Yes. You know, I mean, that whole thing was I, I just from start to finish, you know, even a judge calling somebody a narcissist and yeah, that not and a worm in court. Yeah. In court. So, My guy so is presiding over the yeah, he's presiding over uh this I mean historical court case and he calls the guy who's on trial uh a narcissist and what I think a miserable little worm or something like that. That is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing yeah. in court. And then not only that, the idea, y'all, if you haven't seen the pictures of the initial hearings that took place in September of, what was it, 2020, 2020, 2019, 2020, I don't know. Time doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, but there was a three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. There was a three weeks of hearings in September in the UK. And they treated the man like Hannibal freaking Lecter. They built a plexiglass cage in the court that he had to stand behind. He couldn't sit with his lawyers. He wasn't able to touch anybody. He could barely even hear what was going on. And it's my, I mean, y'all, I, I, I went and looked at the time. I have a whole thread of like serial killers who were able to like sit at the table with their lawyers, have conversations like normal people. Uh, but Julian Assange, who has no history of violence. Uh, he's never been uh, really any threat to anybody. Uh, he has to stand behind a plexiglass wall. Like he's Hannibal Lecter. It's crazy. It is crazy crazy the links that they have gone to to create this image of him and i mean just the vast abuses of his rights i mean uh the, they plotted they were plotting to murder him um uh when he was in belmarsh they uh took away uh his winter clothes they wouldn't give it to him uh he had to insulate his windows with books they gave him a, uh, a keyboard with the keys glued down he couldn't even participate in his own defense kendra they took away his legal papers they would strip search him every day i mean the man had a, a mini stroke as he is, this is my one of my favorites, not that he had a mini stroke, but it, he was watching uh, court proceedings via video link from a tiny room in Belmarsh, and he's watching the prosecution in court call him a malingerer, that he's faking his health issues in order to avoid justice, and he literally is having a mini stroke as they're doing that. It's crazy. It's insane, Kendra, and it just keeps continuing, and I just don't know how. It's nuts. Yeah, they just become, I mean, I really think a big part of the everything continuing and including, you know, the the increase, you know, on the world stage of, you know, pushing for World War Three, the Ukraine war, I mean, all of these things, you know, that's, um, that's a result of not having free press. And I think that... Um, I don't know, friend. It's just really, it's just so tricky out there. It's so emotional right now. I know for yes. us with Assange, we're really, we're trying to hit it at every end and we'll have um, soon, thanks to Misty, thank you. And uh, Sleepy Josh, please buy him a coffee. But we'll have our uh, poetry and song contest up from Denver soon um, online. And so that would be something I would encourage people to look at and also even think about doing in your own town. And if you want, you know, any help with that, reach out to us, but that was really successful. We were able to bring a lot of people together, some who didn't even know a ton about Assange, but that learned about it there and build those stronger communities of, you know, resistance and people who know what's going on too, because that's, 
you know, there's a lot of people I think kind of by themselves and they don't, they don't have others to reach out to. So that's one thing we're trying to do too, is really build that community and reach out to the artists because artists change things. They just do. So, um, so I think we're going to have another one of those because it was so successful and just keep, I love that. Got it. Yeah. From like every angle. And then those, um, you know, that the evidence files, if people don't know what this is, you can actually get it online um, from Paula in Boston. But it's just, I mean, it's awesome. It's like, it's everything that you could ever need about the Assange case, like all compact shows everything in there. So we're going to do that action has inspired our group. So we're going to use that for a lot of different things. I mean, we want to print out like little booklets. You might see the first fundraiser ever from Denver Free Assange so we can afford that. But we want to put this stuff that bus stops at, you know, coffee shops, at just everywhere to educate people. And, you know, hopefully we can move that needle. You don't have to have everybody. You have to have enough. And we've already established consistency. So I just, I'm just, I just hope friend that we can, I hope he's not extradited. I hope we can, we're successful with that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it really is go time. I, uh, Every day I worry that I'm going to wake up to the news that he has died in prison. I know that's a really awful thing to say out loud, but it's reality. And I feel like it needs to be said. That is a very real threat. He has not been in good health for a very long time. His health has been declining for a very long time. Uh, There's only so much that one man can take. um, And it would be an unbelievable tragedy if we uh, if we allow him to die in prison. And so, uh, yeah, as Kendra said, and it's not even like you have to be like a full time activist. We don't need that. We just need you to be willing to do something, whatever you can do. Even if you spend five minutes making phone calls a week, that's amazing. That helps so much. Um, Or even if like you want to spend an hour and like take a walk with your kids and hang up some flyers in your neighborhood. That's awesome. If you want to tweet, if you want whatever you can do, everybody can do something. And Kendra mentioned, um, you know, it's hard if you are kind of on your own or whatever in your area. I have a whole thread on Twitter uh, where if you will, if you want to get involved and you want other people in your area to organize with, tweet me, tell me where you're at, what area you're in. I will tweet it out. I don't have a massive Twitter following, but I do have a following. Um, And so I can tweet that out and try to help you find other people in your area. Cause it is kind of a little overwhelming, especially if you've never done any activism or anything before uh, to know how to get started. And it's also a little awkward to be alone doing it. It feels very weird and strange. Um, So I'm, we're all of us, Kendra, Paula, myself, um, Halo, all of us, we are all more than willing to help anybody uh if you want to get involved because we need people uh that's how it's i've said it you've said it we've all been saying it for years we are not going to get justice through the court system that has been made abundantly clear we need mass public pressure that's the only thing though that's the only thing that saves assange and the future of press freedom so uh that's what we need if you can get involved please do uh contact any of us um we are out of time do you want to tell everybody where they can find you where they can find a denver free assange if they want to get in touch with you all of that stuff um, yeah, best place to find us is on Twitter at DNB Free JA. Um, we also we have our DMs open, so you're welcome to send us a DM. And then um, our email, Denver Action, the number two Free JA at protonmail.com. That's another good place to reach out to us. 
we are um we may have a website coming soon. Uh, okay, so uh, as Kendra said, follow her on Twitter, follow the group on Twitter, get involved if you can, send them an email. My DMs are closed because I have crazy stalkers, but you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter uh, just via a comment or whatever, uh, or you can email me on my TNT radio email. That's fine as well. Uh, I do not keep my DMs open. There's way too many crazy people out there who do not like me. Um, so definitely check out Denver Free Assange if you're in that area or reach out to me so I can find you other people in your area. Uh, we just need as many people on the ground making noise as possible so uh kendra if you can still hear me thank you so much for taking the time to come on i love you uh we will talk soon i will be back tomorrow with another show for you as julian assange says learn challenge act now and don't go anywhere timothy shays right after this on tnt radio